Welcome back to the Glue Guys. This is Mike here. Say hello, Brian. Hello. Check us out on Twitter at BK Glue Guys, on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play. We are the Glue Guys. Rate us on iTunes and we're on netsdaily.com. Thanks again. Um, Brian, big win, baby. We're fired up here, Mike. We are fired up. It's real. The excitement is real. This team is real. I don't know. Is, is it real? real for you, Mike? Is it real? Because this is, this, is <laughs> this is where I get uh, concerned about you. I don't know if you're really a fan, Mike. What do you Maybe mean? you have a podcast and everything. But Am I what? Like, Do you get excited for Nets wins, for big Nets double OT wins against formidable West Coast how could teams? You not, how could you not be excited about it? I mean, that was... You know, Would you be excited no. if you didn't have this podcast? Would you be excited for the Nets? <laughs> no. I wouldn't pay attention to the Nets if I didn't have this podcast. I used to work in NASCAR radio and I was, I could like list off crew chiefs and drivers like, like yeah. nothing. You're now, just a hired, you're a mercenary. You're a hired gun. That's all that. you are. That's, that's yeah. a lot, that's a lot sexier way to describe what I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, a dweeb is what you are. Yeah. Uh, big Nets win, Brian. We did it. We really did it. Um, we're, we're great again. We're gritty again. Give me your three right. keys to the Nets win. Go. Get out of here. Don't even do that. <laughs> um, we'll talk. We actually will talk about the Clippers game, and we will talk. Um, uh, we have some news around the league and some of your email. We have an email as well. Um, so thank you again. We got, we got one text. We got one text. <laughs> we have I'll one just text. come out. I'll just, <laughs> I'll just, I actually don't want to. This, this should be a no trade, a no trade zone uh, because we're celebrating. I also don't want to talk about any of those other blowout wins. I feel like, I feel like we should just put a hard – uh, like a policy in place, and then we just don't talk about stupid blowout wins with this team because they're you know they're to be expected. Well, uh, wh- you mean blowout loss when they I mean get... yeah blowout loss. Sorry, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, because yeah. blowout win yeah, is no, not blowout happened. wins. Yeah, no, I'm gonna talk that all day. <laughs> Let's not talk about that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean we but we can talk a little bit about blowout losses just because right. there are nuggets to to mine out of that disaster that is Nets losses, but. We were talking after a win, Brian. A big, big win. Um, how'd you experience it? What did you see and what did you love? Where did um, all this come from, Brian? Well, I mean, here's my question, the first question on all on all the Nets Nations minds. Um, did did Sean Skillpatrick just become the Neo that he knew he he could be, you know? Did he just is it like in at the end of the Matrix where he's like, you know, dead and then he all of a sudden understands that he's the one. Did that happen, Mike, or is he just going to go back to being streaky again? Uh, I, th- gonna... I think I saw. I think I saw it in his eyes. I mean, at the end of that game, he wanted Chris Paul. He wanted him to guard him so he could take him off the dribble. When do you see that? You don't see. You don't see many players find themselves over the course of a game like that. Well, and I wonder if it'll go away. I think both the Nets and Kilpatrick are lucky. Kilpatrick's lucky because he's on a team that's going to let him do. He shot what? How many times did he shoot? More than thirty shots in that game. Um, hmm. like, and but you see what I'm saying though? Like, you know how there's always that, the, uh, that, that now, um, sort of very rote thing that players say when they get good, which is the game slows down. Yes. I don't think I've ever actually seen the game slowing down for player in real time quite like I did for, for the last three minutes of regulation through overtime, like Sean Kilpatrick. I don't know if I'm as like pumped up about Sean Kilpatrick. I like that was a crazy that was a crazy game he had. He had a fantastic game, but he also he took like these ridiculous shots in both overtimes. 
he missed his foul shots. It was, it was. I mean, I'm not here to criticize Sean Kilpatrick. I'm just saying, look, I don't. It there, it was like almost too much, too much that was given to him that that he was left to just shoot. He nearly shot this team out of this win. Um, he could do whatever he wants. I mean, the team was Isaiah Whitehead at the free throw line. What was going on there, Mike? I love Isaiah Whitehead. Um. How about the like the play of the game for him was hacking DeAndre Jordan? <laughs> Did you was, see? Dude, <laughs> it was a great. It was a, a, a like a fist pump. Up, very very like precociously smart play, uh, and that's. That's like the best. Year. I mean, I don't know. Did he have a good line? I don't think he did. He was like six points or something. No, I looked it up. Yeah, he. I thought he would have more assists. He didn't. He didn't really score that much. But like, but he also, I, I took note. He didn't have any turnovers, and he played like what, like forty minutes almost. Yeah, and we'll go back to Kopatrick in a second. But quickly that on Whitehead, because I wanted to talk about this real quick. I mean, that yeah. seriously, that foul is showing him fouling DeAndre Jordan, and he did it knowing because he gave the admitted fist pump. He knew that that was the right thing to do. Is more than what a lot of players would have done in the league and he's a rookie mm-hmm. i mean i think that shows you my favorite thing about isaiah whitehead is i think he he looks comfortable on the court like he looks like he's a guy who belongs on the court he's not like necessarily any good but he seems he already seems randy foyish you know <laughs> <laughs> he already yeah. seems comfortable on the, he already yeah. he already seems like a grizzled vet who doesn't do anything dream but, big yeah. Yeah. um sean kilpatrick i you know like totally awesome game my question to you is real quick. So mm. because he took he did take a bunch of crazy shots and he did some crazy stuff in the game. Um, do you think the coaches just let him do that because they don't want to cool the hot hand? Or did the coaches try to tell him, like, hey, you got to calm it down? And he was just like, you know what? Screw it. I'm freaking firing up shots. There's there's no way that anyone at, at, at Sean Kilpatrick's um, station in the NBA – like he definitely somebody told him to keep shooting. That's that's the only way that that could possibly Just happen because shooting. he because every player knows not to do what he was doing. But you if you're told that, then then that's another thing. It's another thing also to hear that instruction and then actually go and do it, um, which takes a certain <laughs> amount of certain amount of weight on, in its own right. Did you, I don't um, know? Did you see the? I tweeted it out from our account. I think it's Michael Scoto from Basketball Insiders, someone like that. They, he did an interview with Kilpatrick after the game. And Kilpatrick yep. was effusive in his praise for Sean Marks and saying basically everything good in his life is is credit to Sean Marks for yeah, giving him a, the shot. It was a beautiful thing. About that. Freaking beautiful. Yeah, he seems he seems like a very appreciative young man. Um, yeah, he was uh, he like <laughs> like he, in his post game interview with Sarah Kustak, he was like at halftime I just knew God had a plan for me. Like, man. Wish I could think that way. Wish I, could. <laughs> <laughs> Wish I had that boldness of yeah. thought. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, like many awesome thing, many tiny awesome things that happened in this game. Again, Whitehead doing his little thing. The Doc Rivers getting thrown out of the game for seemingly just because he crossed like a, a, the, that mysterious line that is the you can't go this far on the sideline. Which yeah, is fantastic. But um. How how real was that? How okay? So in in that moment, it for me it seemed very obvious that he was like, "I'm going to get myself chucked out of this game" because he assumed that that was going to be that they were going to hit more than one out of the four free throws that they were going to be given. That was that was I that was really was really upset, Mike. Really well, upset I, by that. and that's sort of like an old basketball. Um, I don't know, not lore, but it's sort of this old coach thinking of like, uh, I don't know. Did you read the what was the Bobby Knight season on the brink? Yeah. Okay. No, so, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't read that. You read that book? Yeah, but there's like you know, like the old classic thing of like a, a basketball coach getting himself thrown out of the game on purpose 
Right, um, to, to rile the, yeah. Yeah, do you think that actually works? And do you, I, I, like, do players actually be like, wow, our co-, like, I think in this circumstance specifically, his players gain nothing by him yeah, getting Yeah, he, he waited out. a little too long. He, he, and he also shot the moon. It seemed unrealistic to be that upset at that, at that <laughs> particular time. Um, yeah, no, it was, it was a very bizarre d- uh, display. Um, yeah, I do. I actually, I mean, one of the, I, I kind of do. If, if like you're getting really hounded by the refs if you, or you're getting a, um, a home job by the refs or something, I, I kind of do think it helps in some way just to be like, you super aggro mad at refs. I don't know. I don't, I don't know exactly how it would translate. Of course, well, that's just, what, the well, and there's like sort of the natural like balance off that if you feel, if you, if you have such an outburst, even if you weren't really getting abused by the refs, the refs are going to go easier on your team, most likely. Yeah. I mean, honestly, and I, I know everyone complains about this, but Chris Paul, Chris, Paul, Chris Paul fouls on every play, both offensively and defensively. Can I can I also just double down really quick on my uh, – well, I'll, I'll double back and then double down because I kind of already waffled on it earlier. Um, but my hot take that the Clippers are, are not to necessarily be feared in a – in a playoff series coming out of the West. I just like, they did not, nobody on that team outside of Chris Paul wanted anything to do with those two overtimes. They were like, let's please, let's get out of this building. This is so, that's why I thought it was so weird that like Deandre, I don't know if you saw Deandre Jordan's comments after the game, but he was saying how this, how his team was feeling themselves too much after their hot start. And it's like, I don't know, Deandre, I saw you during the game. You were not exactly like, Mr. Yeah. like fireball in there knocking yeah. getting boards by the end I mean, of the it game. Looks, it looks good because you have a crazy stat line and you put some put back dunks in, but you were like he was coasting through the last two. DeAndre overtime. is like anyone would want DeAndre Jordan, no doubt, but he's the most dependent good player in the league. He depends he's, he's Tyson Chandler everything. five years ago. I, I hate to say it, but he's like a better version of Tyson Chandler when he was playing with Chris Paul. It's just he, he makes those kinds of players look really good. You take Chris Paul away from that equation, DeAndre Jordan is not not going to be your top ten center or whatever he is. I, I you know whatever. I mean I don't know if this really says much about the Clippers. I I think it says more. I don't know if it says that the Clippers aren't that good. It just says I think that the Nets. I mean it's crazy that on this losing streak that this is the game that they get the team that the that started right that started the losing streak, um, <laughs> the team that is like a terrible matchup from them no matter what, and that's the team that they beat, and they nearly, I mean, the Nets nearly gave it away so many times. That free throw se- sequence near the end well, of the I game. Well, I also, that was, if I can say that there's one mistake, and this this is like a, I, an, an interesting mistake, and it's also in hindsight, of course, but that Kenny Atkinson put Isaiah Whitehead on the line for that, it's a nice gesture, but everybody knows who's ever played basketball that if you're shooting free throws in a row, it always helps. Just, if, I didn't like, get you that. Put, I can miss one out of two really easily, but I'll go, you know, 13 out of 15 at the line pretty easy you know and Kilpatrick's um, like the it's not like he's DeAndre Jordan he's a guy that you no, he's a 90 percent free throw shooter but again oh, yeah. it's it's also like no one if Isaiah Whitehead does what they thought he was going to do or that he Wait. probably would most likely do they wouldn't I mean we wouldn't even talk Why did about I it. say that no he's not 90 percent what is Sean Kemp no he's like 80 percent that's still good enough like that would be yeah. good enough especially again as we're saying you're going to shoot four free throws in a row or whatever it was was it four or three Four, four, four. Mm-hmm. Another thing that I just thought was weird was I just got to thinking about how how um, off-putting it is to have your son in the locker room. I don't know. I just thought like, what? Why are they doing this? They should do. I they think about should that not, all the time. I think it's, not do that. Like every dirty joke, everything that's like any kind of 
Uh, my my Chrome just quit. Are it, we still on? It's basically like so. When I was in high school, we had an after prom, a school sponsored after prom party, which I, which plenty of people did. That my senior year, my stepdad ran essentially, and it's like you know that's fine. And I got like some free ice cream out of the deal, but it's I, you know you'd rather your your direct guardian not be responsible for a time when when there would be some debauchery. Yeah, and in the locker room. How could you? How could you, as a player, if you're DeAndre Jordan, how could you really trust Austin Rivers? You you like a little a little locker room talk. You like some pretty seedy locker room talk. I know <laughs> like you like. I've, I've, seen, I've seen you in, <laughs> in the locker room. Yeah. It gets pretty fell when you're. Um, yeah, yeah. You've seen me in the locker room. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. At the uh, Turkish ball, twenty third. I always think. I think it is such like a. You know, it's tough being a coach. And you're away from your family a lot that this is like such an over overreaction that Doc is like, no, I actually want my son with me constantly and that he basically saved his son's NBA career. Now, like the Nets could use someone like Austin Rivers at this point. But um, by the way, side note here, I don't know if anyone's talked about it. I'm sure people have. You know how mm-hmm. many three pointers Brooke Lopez took last night? No. How many? Nine. Nine. Are you kidding me? Is this Brooke? Like, is this the, the new more, Brooke? The more S you talk on him shooting threes, the more he seems to make. It's like no, he looked. What, he, I was completely wrong. Completely wrong. I mean, I, I'll give that up immediately. He he's so natural shooting threes. He does it the right way. He he lets the ball come. He doesn't hunt for threes. If he's, he's open, got that he's taking distance them too. He's he's shooting deep, bro. I love it. I love it. Do you love it? Trade you talk, baby. Trade you're, talk. You're like, dude, <laughs> it increases his trade value so much. Stop. Are you kidding me? By the way, I was looking, I was looking at not Brook trade rumors, but just trade rumors overall. And because I don't know, I was Googling the Clippers and at one point Blake Griffin popped up on, uh, to go to Portland. Like Blake Griffin's going to go to Portland. But, um, I don't know. Brook, Brook Lopez's name is being bandied about there in the dark, dark corners of the internet as being a guy that a lot of teams would want. So we'll we won't address those rumors tonight, but we will address them at some point because they will be addressed. You like foul locker room talk in the dark corners of the internet. That's what you like, Mike. Um, Brian, what, what made you the absolute happiest about the win? Was it simply that they got they they're no longer a losing team, or was it Kilpatrick? You know what it is. You know what it is. It's not just coming back in regulation. It's 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 winning after all of that. You know, there's there's a certain point where you're like, well, you know, you know, they say, um, there's that saying, there's no moral victories. And after two overtimes with that team, you would have been like, okay, you know, that was hard fought, and they're a better team. But to come out of those two overtimes and win it, it's it's uh. It, it was made richer by by the the you know obstacles you had to cross. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I really don't want to hear anything that Blake about Blake Griffin not being in the game. It's like, oh, we don't have Jeremy Lin. Get out, get out of my face with that. We don't have Rondé. We're missing two starters. On this. We don't have Karis No Legs Levert, baby. When Easy. he comes back, he's gonna light this team on fire. He's so I excited. I can't tell. I never know if you're being serious about Karis Not Levert. I, there's some very weird. I don't know if you have like a personal thing with him. I can't figure it out. Dude, very personal. Did he? He's Canadian. Paths in your life. He's Canadian. Um. Yeah, exciting, great win, awesome. So you you said you wanted to talk about the losses, but I I mean I really don't want to. What, no, no, what, no, no, the... no. I meant as a blanket statement that we yeah. can talk about losses if we want to, but no, we don't want to. Yeah. Um, I don't really want to at this point. Also, because like, who wants to listen to about 
teams that lose. Yeah. Um, I, you know, yeah. again, it's like, I think already, you know, so this team lost seven in a row or whatever it was. Yeah, I think it was seven in a row. And now they just won a game. So maybe like I'm, we're, I'm a little bit too high on them just cause I'm, I'm just coming off that win. But I don't know. Like, so the teams that they beat are the Pistons, the Pacers, uh, I believe the Pistons again, the Timberwolves. I don't know. I'm looking at somewhere else, but yeah, I'm looking at preseason too. But, um, I don't, like, I already think that Kenny Atkinson, and this is my main point, that Kenny Atkinson's already doing a better job than, than certainly Lionel Hollins. And I don't know if Jason, I mean, Jason Kidd, I think is a quality coach, but I don't know if he could do as good of a job with this specific team. Cause I don't think Jason Kidd's personality, if you know what I'm saying, would mm-hmm. fit with a, a roster like this. I don't think that's yeah. really what he could handle. I think Atkinson is sort of the perfect coach for a team that's not good. Yeah. I mean, it seems to be that the, you know, it has an inverse trend. The longer you spend, the longer Jason Kidd spends with a team, the worse they get. That seems to be the case. Um, I mean, I don't know. What is Milwaukee doing this year? I can't, what's their wins and losses? Uh, I don't even start pulling up wins and losses until around this, this time of season, you know? Yeah, because we're looking at the playoff picture. Is that what you're looking yeah, at? Yeah, starting, starting to eye that. I mean, the Nets. I mean, again, if the Nets go on like a a, a couple game win streak, they're not that far off. I mean, the the, the I'll, I'll do so this in news around the league. But the this is the year of disappointment. I mean, there are so many teams that you thought were going to be better than they are, and just so far they haven't been that good. Um, yeah, I mean, just look, especially for you, Mike. Let's let's be honest. <laughs> that's why everything's about me. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Wizards stink. I hate the Wizards so much. You know what sucks about the Wizards? Wizards. It's not just that they suck. It's like everything about them sucks right now. There's just no no magic juju sauce coming out of anywhere. I mean, you know, most most like two star players on a team uh, would want to act like they like each other, but both of them openly say that they don't like each other. Like on the at least on the court is how they. Who do you who do you side with? John Wall because he's better. I don't care. Oh, that's it. You don't you don't care about their personalities. No. Well, Bradley Beal has a better personality, but. Yeah. Does he? How do you know? Eh, he's a nicer guy. How do you know? Seems like a nicer guy. Because Nelly used to walk him to school when he was little. And any <laughs> any person that, that does that or had that experience has to be a good person. Has to be. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Do you have that email and do you have that text message? Um, <laughs> I mean, the text message is literally just uh, from a person. I don't even didn't even say who it was. Just being like Brooke Lopez for Martin Gortat, Otto Porter, and a first rounder. That's all. That's all they said. Get it done, Wizards. Which, Get it done, Wizards. To, <laughs> which has to be um, people messing with you. I don't know. I can't tell. I can't tell if that's. Wouldn't I can't it actually be a good trade for the just Nets. You was that you? Wouldn't that be a good trade for the Nets? That was you, wasn't it, Mike? No. But would you, if you're a Nets fan, wouldn't you actually want that? No, no, I would not want that. You wouldn't want a cheap center, uh, a, a young swing man. And a first round pick for Brooke. I think. Yeah, like to think about this. I think mm-hmm. actually immediately they would be uh, just as good, and the first round pick. Well, we're only just beginning to see Brooke's ceiling. It turns out, so you know, I'm I'm willing to hold out and see how this develops. <laughs> sure. So that's how I feel about it. Um, yeah, I have the one email. Let me get to it. Oh, another thing that I want to was this uh, breaking news bit about Prokhorov hiring a powerhouse investment banker to sell minority stake in Nets. What do you know about business, Mike? A lot. You know a ton, don't you? No, I do know a lot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what? Just, I know about marketing, just, marketing, just, marketing, but yeah, that's a dude. You're you're a PR man. Um, 
Yeah. I One thing I just want to say is everyone takes these stories for some reason. Though, so this is just part of my larger conspiracy theory that any there's like a sort of um, well, you heard a lot about fake news, right? In 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 recent days, probably you've, you're you're cued into that as a, very as a man who is um, very much locked in. There's always this whenever Prokhorov tries to sell this minority stake, which he's been trying to sell for years. It is always presented as he's trying to sell the nets. That's how it always is. And it's, it's so annoying. The time to always be like, no, it's different. It's not that. It's a minority. So he's been trying to, cause from Prokhorov's perspective, it makes no sense to own all of the nets. He just wants to have the, you know, majority controlling share and, you know, make the decisions and, and then have a little bit of cash in his pocket, you know, if he can. Problem is nobody wants to buy minority stakes and teams that they don't get to make like big time decisions in. Or at least not like individuals. Well, I mean, and, is- and like actually from a business perspective, if we're going to go down this road, um, him selling a minority stake in the team is more of an indication that he wants to keep the team for long term. Because yeah. be- be- you wouldn't sell – if you were going to sell, you sell right. the whole pot. It makes pot. the asset less valuable. Yeah. To- if you have and- controlling interest, a full controlling interest of this asset, if you actually wanted to sell the team, you'd hold on to that until you found a buyer. You wouldn't – find a smaller buyer for then when if someone does want to take controlling asset of the team they have to deal with this other other interested party there's also an issue of what this team is valued at and it's all over the map forbes has it at 1.7 billion uh bloomberg has it at 875 million so he's just constantly you know seeing what the team is worth see if he can get an offer and well sort of the the interesting thing about this is why if I'm him, if I'm his financial advisor, I would not tell him to do it now. Well, I is- would because here's the thing. So for so you'd be buying low now for if you're a you know an investor, but buying low by Brooklyn net standards, not by New Jersey net standards, of course. Um, and that's the only way you're gonna like get get a group like uh, I don't know who, who was who was interested last go around. It was um, um, don't even remember. But but he, they are looking for a local person, right? I mean, that's part of the uh, the fun. I don't of know. Local I meaning think, what? I uh, think he specifically. Well, yeah. What, what could local mean to Prokhorov? It could mean North America. Just North America, I think, is probably what that means. When he was at the Clippers game, they, he motivated them. He gets the win. He gets the credit, right? Hmm. No, but I mean, so again, ser- but seriously, it's one. It's I'm at the point where it's like, who cares if he sells because. This team's locked into Brooklyn. They're not going anywhere, so it's not like there's the fear of someone coming in and taking them out of Brooklyn. You wouldn't do that. That'd be dumb. Um, mm-hmm. And it's not like he's like a, a tremendous owner. He's been fine. He's super cool. That's what I like. Yeah, he's super cool. He wears awful clothes to games, and he just kind of sits there and he really he never looks fish. happy. Never <laughs> looks happy. Yeah, he's he's a cool guy. He's Listen, right. the, all of that divided by Calcol, doing backflips cool. on your ski do or whatever it is. You know, I can you can wear. I don't care if you're wearing the schlubbiest parka to to a game. You're you're still cooler than me. Um, who would be your dream Nets minority owner, Brian? <laughs> <laughs> um, me is that? Yeah, yeah you, you're right. That's my. That's actually my answer too. You. It <laughs> would be my dream. Um, my I, I don't know. Like, I mean, like Jay Z is like, we've been there, right? So and that can't exist anymore. Um, he can't afford it. It's like four hundred million or something. I think he could. Well, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how much. Hundred million dollars? No way. 
I don't know. I don't, Jerry I don't, Seinfeld. Jerry Seinfeld could 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 swing it. Sure. But that he, I, he he's I, a Nets fan. Jerry Seinfeld's a Nets fan. Yeah, he goes to Nets games once in a while. Yeah, I'll have to research that. Um, um, please do. Um, want to do news around the league, or you want to do a question? Uh, yeah, let me pull up the one question we got. We we really need people to start emailing into the emails for something. Some, something's going on. Oh wait, we got another one. We got another one. Wow. Two. Um, uh, Netspot at gmail dot com. Do you think it has something to do with that we've been doing the Skype and so there's no drops and they don't like that we're not giving them John Cena rollouts? Could that be it? Probably. That's how I'd feel if I was a listener, which we appreciate all of them, you. Okay. So I'll just go right into it. What do you say? Please do. It's your boy. This is Sean Mandelo. Thank you for reaching out, Sean Mandelo. Um, <clears throat> so he says, evening. Um, great performance. Great win. Uh, with the emergence of Kilpatrick... Um, being a scorer, Levert coming back as well as RHJ on the wings, is Boggs the odd man out? Does he no. get shopped sooner or later for another big man that rebounds and plays defense or perhaps a point guard? However, the Coney Island product showed some great things last night. Thank you. Um, really good question, Sean. I'm, I'm all about that. I don't think but, anyone could ever be out of any rotation on this team. <laughs> team's not good enough. Players aren't good so enough. You, so you're, you're not a believer in... Kilpatrick. Let me just say, you're slow to pick up on trends. I'll just say that for for on a player to player basis. Sounds like an insult. You don't have. What do you think? The third eye, you know, and I and I hate to say it. That doesn't that doesn't feel good. Um, but you know, we're we're Sean Kilpatrick is emerging as a as a player in the league. Okay. Yeah. No. I think it, I think he's totally. I've always thought that he's a player in the league. He's always. <laughs> He's going to be. He's going to be. The, you know the, what I mean. But when I say no. player, player, yeah, no, he's he's actually like, already in the league, Brian. You're pretty he's slow in the trends. Like player, player. You know, he's literally in the league. Yeah, <laughs> it's like when I say a guy's a pro. When anyone we're going to be talking about, it's a, a pro. I mean, that's their definition yeah. of who they are. Um, Good. I like Kilpatrick just fine. I I do not believe that he will suddenly become Isaiah Thomas. You know, small Isaiah, Isaiah Thomas, Thomas. two point oh. What are you, what are you talking, Isaiah Thomas? I, I don't think he's suddenly going to become this like this you know, un, unknown who comes out of nowhere and is like super awesome. I think he's going to be a guy who puts up a bunch of shots, and if they're going in, then that's great. But most likely, they won't be going in at the rate that they did. He only shot. I mean, he shot forty percent. He didn't. It wasn't like it was like he had a tremendous shooting night. He shot himself to a lower shooting night. I'm so, just really put off by the comparison to Isaiah Thomas. Either Isaiah Thomas. I don't, I don't even know which one you're talking about. I'm assuming <laughs> modern <laughs> Isaiah Thomas. Yeah, modern. But that's like totally different players. I don't even – who are you watching? This ball is Sean handle, Kilpatrick. Ball handling guards. That's what he ball. is. Oh, my Lord. What, what do you think Sean Kilpatrick is? What is he? Well, first of all, he's a combo guard who's like 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, so Isaiah Thomas is yeah. a 5'10". Like yeah, but, but I'm talking about the aspect of them coming out of nowhere and being good. I don't think Sean Kilpatrick will uh, – he's fine. He's good for this team, and he's a good guy to develop because I think he's just someone who will be in the league for a long time as a scoring backup guard. I just don't think he's going to become a starter legitimately on a good team. All right, here, here's my litmus test. Ready? This is the, the seven days on ESPN Fantasy. <laughs> seven days statistics. Guess what he's averaging point-wise? 18 points. 24, Mike. See, you're not even you're not clued into what the man's been doing. Yeah, sure. He's he's balling. He's a player. 
How many games did he play in those seven days? Four games. I don't believe that. 23, 16, 22, and 38. All with, right. With some tasty. No, you're right. He's an all-star. He's an all-star. You're right. You've right. got it right, Brian. Look, your third eye isn't tingling. I get it. You may not even have one. That's fine. <laughs> I don't. Not everyone does. I don't. Yeah. Uh, second email? Uh, right. Right. The second email. Let me pull that up. Um, this is from Cheerboy. This is Josh Bass, the Bass Man. Um, thanks for hitting me up, Josh. Um, so he says, do you see McCullough being shuttled back and forth from the D-League the whole season? Do you think he's in uh, the Nets' long-term plans? Can't take much more of Scola. Um, love uh, Josh from Manhattan. Thanks. Scola was fantastic on the sidelines. I, I mean, game. honestly, it's getting hard to watch, though. If I if I have to see it like one more pass sure, smack sure. in the chin, it's it's getting, they, getting they, to the point. He was he – was, he wasn't really going to be relied upon. I think they just signed him because they knew that they were going to get like this minimum amount of production and maybe he's think, gone below that but do you think that you can <laughs> like just in, in terms of team chemistry that you can introduce a veteran presence in the beginning of the season and then just phase it out and then trade them and then you don't need the veteran presence anymore or is that something that's durational you have to have their you know their work ethic as a constant reminder or is it like just you know that that's a that's a work ethic that it is a you know that's out there and you've seen it. So just keep doing that while he's not here anymore. Can, does that work? I think it can be phased out, especially because the guy's not, not that good. Like, like it's awesome to have that guy in training camp and like kind of t- teaching guys how to be in the league. But once these guys see that this guy's not any good at basketball, then they don't really, they don't need to lean on that as much as maybe they did before. Um, right. so let's just phase it out. Let's phase let's that phase out. it out. But there's I, but, very okay, little so to, to replace him with. To Josh's point, does McCullough get those minutes? Do we do we want that? It doesn't seem like they're they have more interest in playing Anthony Bennett than Chris McCullough. Not that they play Anthony Bennett all that much. It's just that he plays he's played more than McCullough. It's almost like Chris McCullough and Anthony Bennett got together and they're like. Let's play the exact same way as one. <laughs> see, see if they can they tell the difference. Well, that's the problem with that. That's what really screwed up uh, McCullough was that he was good at Syracuse, but then he got hurt, and um, because him getting hurt, he was never able to like have that physically dominant stretch against decent competition to make him believe that he could be an inside player. Because really, all he is is a jump shooter, and when yeah, you're he's a, he's a giant small forward. Is what he is. Yeah. And his, like, I think, I know he re- thinks his shot is really good, but if, mm-hmm. if I was his advisor, as I usually am, um, yeah. I would tell him, Christopher, get down low. Not, not telling you to bang bodies, but just get down low and try to clean up. Look what DeAndre Jordan does. Just clean up you, the glass. Just like, you're just like, do that. You're like, stop watching Giannis Antetokounmpo on yes. YouTube. Put that, put that out of your mind. That doesn't even exist for you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. If you think it does, just put it out of your head. You're not Chris Bosch either. You're you're a dude who's like athletic and has has if he's open from ten feet he should shoot. But like if you if you focus on getting two rebounds every time you're in the game, you're gonna be fine. That's all you need to think about. Okay. So you tell him that and then what can you do it? Are you putting him in for no, over Bennett? He'll be on the Long Island Nets. All right. Which so, yeah. so you think that's of all the experiments, he's seems to be the one that's sort of unfortunately fizzling. Is that is that safe to say? Is your third eye telling you that? So you've got a good eye. So while I see potential, you see 
Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I see, I see more potential than Anthony yeah. Bennett for no, sure. No, no, I'm not, I'm not saying like potential in general. I'm saying you know when to cut ties with people. That's your version of the third eye. <laughs> like this is you know like, I cut people out of my life quick quicker I than I should because I, I don't want the awkward goodbye. I just don't even want to speak to you at that point. So that's what. How often do you do that to people? All the time. Do you have a lot of enemies in life, Mike? I don't have enemies. I just don't have friends. <laughs> Yeah, no. I saw. I was on the uh, on a train uh, not too long ago, and uh, cool I was story. listening to I was listening to a guy uh, who was sitting behind me. He was on the phone, and he and he calls in, and uh, this is all he says: "Is I just wanted to call you and let you know that you are going to fail spectacularly. What? You are <laughs> yeah, just going just going in, seething, angry at this person. It was like noon on a weekday. He was just, just calling his exist. enemy to like leave a voicemail for him or something. His mortal enemy. I want to be that guy and the guy he was calling. I was kind of jealous. Like, I wonder if I'll ever have people that, I'm, <clears throat> that are like real sworn enemies in my life that I can call on a Thursday. Again, we're not type A's. We're, 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 we're not types of people who that would, that would go at people. We're go with the flowers. That sounds like you kind of are, Mike, but I don't know. Well, maybe you're right. Um, real quick news around the league, okay? Yeah, swing it. Hit the drop, though, would you? It's the news! All right, go, go. All right, news around the league. Um, real quick, I don't know if you saw this, Brian. Uh, mm. Al Horford pregnancy dust-up. Have you been following this story around the, around mm. the news league? No. Oh, okay. Tell me about it. This is, this is like sad and just dumb and craziness so al horford set out monday's game a game the celtics ended up winning for the birth of his second child okay so then Mm -hmm. some local media guy goes off on him all mad and getting all huffy about horford being out for what he deemed was not a legitimate reason um how single is this guy? This guy sounds like an extreme bachelor (laughs) all right well so so one that's that's the one thing right is that like if you've ever been in a relationship, like, like I would, I would take off work if my my wife needed me to help her, like carry bags around New York City or something. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm immediately, and like we're also like in a league now where guys just take off for rest. Like it's not you, like no one yeah. plays 82. So right. so for Hal Horford to be out instead of rest, but to be out for the birth of his child seems mm-hmm. like completely reasonable and normal and not weird. Like, I feel like we're just, I thought we were beyond a point where, like, that becomes something that, like, we get angry about. I'm assuming everyone is, like, taking it to that guy, right? I mean, yeah. that's, yeah, okay. Yeah, that that guy is standing there. And, like, every, you know, blog has the picture of him, gets the angriest freeze frame of that guy. Well, I can't, what's, what's his name? I gotta see him. I don't know. Hey, just look up CSN New England, and then Al Horford. I'm sure that'll pop up immediately. And it's like, you know, so we don't know who this guy is. I don't know who he is. The only thing I know about him is a freeze frame of him looking angry, talking about Al Horford trying to be a good father. Is it Mike Filger? Maybe. Maybe. Right. Does he look angry? But Got us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's just wearing – he's like like covered head to toe in a Patriots like jumpsuit basically. Yeah, that makes sense. Makes yeah. all the sense in the world. <clears throat> um, silly. Uh, second story for you, Brian. Sure. Uh, J.R. Smith's high five defense. Um, so this was, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, this is pretty fantastic. So during the, the Cavs Bucks game, I think it was the same, it was last night too. We were recording this on a Wednesday, so it would have been a Tuesday. Um, 
J.R. Smith was in the game for the Cavs, and it was, I believe it was an inbounds play, and J.R. was covering someone. And I don't know if he didn't think that the ball was going to be inbounded right away, but he saw on the bench for the Bucks Jason Terry, who yeah, he's friends with. Yeah, my best buddy. Is, hey, my so he goes over, and if you haven't seen the video, it's hilarious, and just Google it. It's fantastic. Uh, J.R. Smith goes over Jason Terry, says hello. The guy that mm-hmm. J.R. was covering immediately gets the ball and scores. And, like, the, the reaction of J.R. as he turns around wasn't even like, oh, man, what did I do? It just turned around, and he looked, and was like, Oh, okay. He was hoping that nobody would notice, and he continued <laughs> hoping that nobody would notice, even to the post-game like interviews, where he was for some reason wearing a thing that covered his entire. He was like wearing like a ski mask. Did you see right. this part? Yeah, 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 yeah. And then the reporter who's like being, you know, trying to be no, like, you know, just I don't know. He's doing what he's doing and uh, asking him about it, but just not. He's just like, so what about that play? Like, what happened there? And he's like, I don't know. What are you talking about? And he's like, you know, the play where you like blew it and high five like hugged <laughs> he's like no nah, i don't know what you're talking about um which was kind of funny but also kind of sad because i you just got the sense like he really didn't know how to how to handle that like what what is you know how to how to handle that pr how, how to handle that delicately where you kind of be yeah. self-deprecating but yet apologetic and you say right. you know like, like i, I screwed up. up i have like a crazy like personality i, I love my friends i just get excited <laughs> yeah yeah um it's fantastic. And again, I was the one that wanted the Nets to give him a ton of money and yeah. sign him. So there we go. I love look, it. I mean, look, I'm not going to knock the guy because of one, you know, yeah. bonehead play. It happened. It does seem like the, it does seem like Tyron Lue. I don't know if you've seen his comments today, but his comments essentially today were, um, that like, that, that yeah, it was really embarrassing, but we're not going to try to talk about it anymore. Um, and all that. I'm like, I don't know. I mean, like, can we all just like chill out a little bit? Like, yeah, it was a bad play defensively, but it also wasn't the end of the world. Their their uh like hypersensitivity to the media's hypersensitivity to it is creating this weird um uh yeah this weird storm of of odd feelings like it like everyone agrees that it's a non story but everyone's uptight about it and the you know what it is it's because Shaq and a fool but Shaq and a fool makes everyone very <laughs> hypersensitive to all this I think but I also think that's like Shaq's greatest contribution as a post NBA player is Shaq and a fool I mean it's one sure. it's funny but like it's actually. <clears throat> Maybe it made, made the NBA more conscious of, like, the ridiculousness that they do. It also makes me realize that I don't want to – like, the one locker room I would – well, maybe other ones. But one I definitely do not want to be a part of is the Cavs locker room. Seems like a weird, Ooh. sensitive bunch. Um, they all sort of, like – if you're not in LeBron's little clique at the moment, which seems to just be J.R. Smith and uh, Jefferson, um, mm-hmm. then it's, like, not that much fun. Kyrie sort of seems, like, floating around in and out of that thing. Never Kevin Love. Tristan Thompson used to be a part of it, but I don't really think he is anymore. It's just like a weird, odd mm. little group of people that are all working together and achieving great things. Imagine how much weirder it was with Matthew Delavadova over there. Um, real quick, this is the the season of disappointments. Okay, this is my thing. Um, the Nets have five wins, and we didn't think the Nets would be good, but here are the teams that are surrounding them in the standings. Heat have five wins. Wizards have six. Timberwolves with... You know, everyone that we all got super excited about, Carl Anthony Towns, they have five wins as well, and the Mavericks have three. Question to you, though. So there's a lot of disappointing teams, but is it that they're disappointing because they're actually disappointing, or is it because, again, not as many teams are tanking, so someone has to be bad, and we believe these teams were not going to tank, but now they're just not good, 
So <clears throat> I don't really understand the, this this sort of angle. Like there there seems to be more parity than normal at at this time of year. Um, I mean, is it a disappointment because everyone's sort of like having a, a, a simultaneously slow start? I mean, it's not like you know. Teams like you know, New Orleans is already like picking up pace and stuff, and sure, New Orleans um, is picking up pace. I think the Kings are better than maybe. I mean, they're seven eleven. They're not great, like, but that's like, like what, people than, expecting like Utah to be like people. Utah's know. eleven and eight. That's okay ish. It's, it's okay ish. I mean, there, there's there's plenty. Of, I mean, they only just got Hayward back. I don't know. People seem to be really high on Utah, which I sort of never understood. Fully, I never understood. But, that's yeah. I'm with you. I mean, like it's like. It's because we all think about these pieces are all going to evolve at the same pace and they're all going to reach a certain, like almost like a video game. When you, mm-hmm. when you get all the good young players and they all turn up to be 95s. When like the Jazz, look, Hayward's their best player, I guess, but, you know, he's not someone that's like altering the fabric of the NBA with his play. Sure. Uh, last one for you, Brian. Yeah. Sad, sad news to report. Mm. The creator of the Big Mac has died. Okay, Jim Delagati, who was a McDonald's franchisee owner in, I believe, in Pittsburgh, has died at the age of 98. Good life. Mm. Um, Delagati invented the Big Mac simply because he wanted a bigger burger. He owned like dozens of franchises, McDonald's franchises, and came up with the Big Mac recipe. I love that. He's, he just wanted a bigger burger, so he's like, I'll just stack two on top <laughs> well and he sort of does the unprecedented we don't even see so we're in an era of you know uh instagram food where you know menus are items are being created specifically for the look and extravagance of them and he's he was one of the few people who still put a piece of bread in between two pieces of bread mm. you know that 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 middle layer usually mm. people just stack and stack and stack um, oh you like a middle layer huh well, you know, they've been doing that with the club sandwich for a long time, Mike. I don't know if you're aware of this. I support the club sandwich. Always a club sandwich fan. That that surprised me 0% that you're a club sandwich guy. That surprises you? Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. Pretty Not normal, either. right? Pretty, Do you get right it, down the is middle. it a turkey club for you? Sure. Whatever yeah. club. If it has bacon, lettuce, and tomato on it and then some meat, fantastic. Um. I don't know. So are you are you sad? Quick, what's what's your if you have to have only three fast food restaurants for the rest of your life? What are they? Quick, at quick. least all right. So Chick Fil A is definitely on there, no question. Um, what is Boston Market fast food? Oh no, no, it's not. I had that for dinner tonight. Did you? What's going on? Are you okay? I love Boston Market. Are you kidding? Boston Market <laughs> is. I don't want to know how they get those chickens, but it is so good. Their chicken is. Amazing well, mac and cheese out of this yeah, world. They just pump it full of uh, like flavor juice. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, salt salt I think packets. I don't even have three. I just have Chick Fil A. Just have Chick. What about you? <laughs> That's all you need. Yeah. Um, Taco Bell, Chick Fil A. For the rest of my days, White Castle. I don't know. Stop. What That's you don't so like, you don't mess around with White Castle? No, not really. Do you actually? I know. I know. Remember you used to buy. In college, you know, you know, when Brian and I, okay, quick, quick story about you, Brian. Oh, please. When Brian and I lived together in college, Brian used to go to the little, like, school mini mart and buy, they had frozen White yeah. Castle burgers mm-hmm. that you used to house. Like, Problem? that was, 
<laughs> no, there was but, those... And I weighed, I weighed 145 pounds and it was yeah. insane. I could eat anything. <laughs> you would wear, what is you it, know, the Vince Carter when jersey? I was, in high school, I was just talking about this. My order at McDonald's, and I would have this maybe probably once a week, like in the middle of the day, would be um, a, one Big Mac, just the sandwich, and two McChickens, just the sandwiches. <laughs> it's like 1,500 calories, just like right in the middle of the day. And then be fine and like go do like after school sports. Sure, totally. Um, I don't know, for the, the, the Big Mac for me, I'm like, I remember growing, I mean, I was a fat kid growing up, so this was maybe had a weird, uh, sense of what it meant to become a man, but I remember the, like, there's benchmarks in your life when you try to think about, like, oh, I'm growing up to be an, a, like, a teenager or a, a big kid. Like, when you're a little kid, you want to be like, I want to be a big kid. Mm-hmm. I remember going to McDonald's with my mom after, like, some camp or something. And getting a Big Mac and being able to eating, being able to finish a Big Mac by myself was like, I was like, oh, I've grown up. Like mm-hmm. I have, I am now an adult. I, yeah. I deserve a place in this world. Um, yeah, you're really, a really weird little kid. Just think about if, if you could, <laughs> if you could eat, even if you could eat a Big Mac and two McChickens in one sitting, let's say I forced you to, how awful would you feel at present if you, if at you this did? point in my life? At this point in your life, that would that would kill you. That's it's a, it's a three day meal. That, you yeah, feel it's a hangover. That is a hangover from that. Yeah. Um, I think you're right with Taco Bell, even though I don't go there enough. I think <clears throat> I, I actually went not too long ago, maybe a couple months ago. What you get? Well, I only ever get the cheesy gordita crunches. That's the sure. That's the thing, and it's always buried on the menu. It's like tenth. Like, what are you guys doing? You guys, the, you know, what Taco Bell needs it needs a Big Mac. It needs a you know, a prominent, this is what you get at the place. Pretty sure everything they have is Big Mac. They try to, they try to do everything as like, this is the thing to get and nothing. The Chalupa was the only thing that like, caught on, that caught fire. Stupid Chalupa. Um, okay. That's our pod. Um, good stuff, Mike. I really liked what you brought tonight. Your energy was really good. We may have a special guest next week. I can't tease it until I know. Um, but I'm teasing it now. So I lied. Um, if we have that special guest, we will tweet it out and be sure to listen. And thank you for listening today. Nice, Mike. You're doing great. Take us out. Um, have a good night, everyone, or a good, good. day or an afternoon, depending on when you're listening. This it changes. You know, it's not a good night. It's a good night for us. But if you're now listening you're, in the morning, now you're it's a good overdoing morning. it, Mike. All if right. you're listening night, in the good afternoon, night. good night, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.